Europe, in fact now the world's hydrogen hub. My name is Selwyn Frenze and this is Hello Hydrogen, a podcast series which gives you insight in the fantastic world of hydrogen which is coming to life in Rotterdam. The World Hydrogen Summit and Exhibition is back in Rotterdam Ahoy and in this episode I'm visiting the event. During World Hydrogen 2023, governments and companies from all over the world join each other to discuss the importance of hydrogen and all recent developments. We'll very shortly be commencing the first day of the summit, which will explore the themes of scaling up hydrogen production and import and export opportunities. This is Rob Arthur opening day two of the event. Rob is Director of Partnerships at the Sustainable Energy Council, the organization behind this event. Day two is the day in which the summit and exhibition truly takes off after a great first day on May 9th, where amongst other things, the Hydrogen Awards were handed out. Ahead of formally starting proceedings, I must take this opportunity to thank our wonderful partners, the Port of Rotterdam, City of Rotterdam and the Province of Zuid-Holland, who collectively share our vision and passion to develop world hydrogen into the biggest hydrogen event in the world. After Rob Arthur's welcome to all attendees, Master of Ceremonies Simone van Trier welcomed Rotterdam's Vice Mayor Robert Simons and Minister to the Province of Zuid-Holland Jeanette Beaulieu to the stage. They both addressed the chances for Rotterdam to become Europe's hydrogen hub. I think this challenge, this energy transition is too big for business, for government, even for cities, the countries. So we have to work together. We are also working together with Rotterdam and the Port Authority, of course, uh, making sure that we have the connections because the infrastructure is also very important. So we are supporting the Delta Corridor from Rotterdam to Germany. Um, and we are, of course, supporting also the plans, but I think uh, our port, uh, Alec Kastelein, CEO of the Port of Rotterdam, will address what all the plans are here in the port. As mentioned by Jeanette Beaulieu, Alert Kastelein, CEO for the Port of Rotterdam Authority, took the stage for his opening key address. Here he highlighted the main developments on the hydrogen front in the Port of Rotterdam. And it's, it's impressive to uh, share with you where we're at compared to only a year ago. I was here a year ago and had the privilege to uh, share with you the opening address as well. And at that point in time, we had just concluded an assessment of uh, the opportunities that we had identified together with 70 partners to deliver on the Repower Europe target of 20 million tons of green hydrogen by 2030. And even to put that into context, when we developed our scenarios, which we do in the Port of Rotterdam some eight years ago on the back of the Paris Climate Agreement, hydrogen did feature as an essential solution certainly to a port industrial facility that is based on hydrocarbon, but it was only somewhere towards the back end of the decade, so 2030 and onwards, and then still not certain to what extent hydrogen would actually become a pivotal source to uh, facilitate that transition. Shell made its announcement that it would build the Europe's biggest electrolyzer in the port, Holland Hydrogen One. It's not only an impression anymore, but if you were to visit the site, you would see construction materializing and taking place. So moving from intentions 
commitments to um, support Repower Europe to already evidence of first steps and progress being made with regards to local production of electrolyzers and green hydrogen. Again, a year ago we contemplated that by 2030 we would have an excess of some one gigawatts capacity in the port, um, fueled by wind farm offshore development, green electrons coming in, uh, uh, electrolyzers being supplied with, and green hydrogen being produced. But through incentives set out by the government with regards to an integrated system solution and financial incentives, new uh, plans would indicate uh, with quite a high degree of certainty that we will not have one gigawatt of installed capacity by 2030, but much more likely two to two and a half gigawatts of installed capacity. In his speech, you heard Art Kastelein mention that Shell has started working on their hydrogen plant in the port of Rotterdam. I met up with Paul Bogers, Vice President Hydrogen for Shell, to discuss their work on hydrogen starting with their new plant in the port of Rotterdam. Uh, so what we do specifically in the Netherlands, I think highlighted here, uh, is you know our first large hydrogen project uh, uh, in the port of Rotterdam, a 200 megawatt electrolyzer. We took final investment decision uh, last year, and there is actually lots of work happening on the ground, uh, you know, kind of building that uh, today. We have similar ambitions, similar plans elsewhere. But we're also trying to really orchestrate the market around the end use cases for, for hydrogen. And that includes uh, things like uh, getting hydrogen into heavy mobility, so into, into trucks, for instance. And we do that in partnership with others uh, in something like H2 Accelerate, where we're trying to get both the trucks financed, as well as the infrastructure, as well as the supply uh, that, uh, that will go into that sector. Yeah, so uh, it's 200 megawatts, which uh, if you read all the announcements, that is only a drop in the ocean. But it is really a first-of-a-kind project. We call it the Lighthouse Project. Um, it's on the mass factor, so it's on a new reclaimed bit of, uh, of land. Uh, that means a lot of the infrastructure has to be built there as well. So the landing point, we have uh, you know, an offshore wind farm that will feed the uh, electricity for it. Uh, that grid connection has to be built. The, the, the water pipeline has to be built. The pipeline of, um, of the hydrogen that will ultimately feed our energy chemical park in, uh, in Pernis also has to be built. So we're not just building the electrolyzer, we're building all the enabling infrastructure around this asset, uh, also for, for future expansion. If all goes well, Holland Hydrogen One will be operational at the end of 2025. Now it's time to grab a cup of coffee and browse the exhibition. And one of the first stands that really catches my eye is from the students of the TU Delft. Their hydromotion team is working on something very cool. I'm talking with team manager Isabel and Ole, chief hull and body. Uh, so we are a team of 23 students who design, build, test and race a foiling hydrogen power boat in just one year. Um, with this boat we want to compete in the Monaco Energy Boat Challenge where we will excel in speed, maneuverability and endurance. So they're working on what's called a foiling boat, sailing on hydrogen. Time to get a bit technical with Ole, who explains more about the boat. Yeah, the boat's approximately seven meters long and about two meters wide. And you can fit about two people in it. And if you would say it compared to, to a small sailing boat you use on inland waters. But our boat is not just a normal motor boat, but it has uh, foils underneath it, like wings of an airplane. And those wings will lift the boat out of the water, approximately a meter. But that's enough that the hull does touch the water 
and then you're sailing way more efficient and a comfortable ride above the waves. How does it work? Because you have a hydrogen system inside it, but yeah, how does it work? Yeah, yeah we have uh, two hydrogen tanks and the hydrogen is stored at 350 bars. And that hydrogen is first decreased to 12 bars and then it goes to a fuel cell. And with oxygen just from the air, we combine it and then with uh, that system, the fuel cell will generate electricity. That electricity goes immediately to our motor and that motor spins the propeller underneath the water. And we also have a small battery in the boat because the fuel cell is not really regular in supplying power. And the battery will yeah, shave off the peaks and the valleys so you have continuous power. When fully charged, the tanks contain 16 kilograms of hydrogen. With that, they can sail 8 hours at a top speed of 50 kilometers per hour. A little bit down the hall, I find battleizer systems. A battleizer is a battery combined with an electrolyzer. I'm very curious to find out how this works. CEO Matthijs Lee tells me all about it. It's slightly technical, but uh, I'll, I'll keep it uh, as simple as I can. Uh, we use a nickel and an iron electrode uh, that can, in a first reaction, store electricity just like a battery. And then when the battery is full, um, so when those electrodes are fully charged, and you keep charging them, um, they start to produce hydrogen and oxygen. So basically the overcharge of the battleizer is the production of hydrogen. And the battleizer you sell, is that just for companies or is it for people at home or how is it integrated somewhere? And no, so the, because it's, it's, it's basically a small chemical plant and um, uh, that, that basically has uh, safety implications. Uh, it requires um, like, like other industrial activities, it requires um, uh, some maintenance, uh, basically technical workers and, and skilled staff to, to operate it. So no, I, I wouldn't put a, a battleizer in my basement, um, but I, you could see it sort of um, in industrial parks, uh, chemical clusters and so forth, where it can take in renewable energy, be it solar or wind and then arbitrage that either into power markets or, or uh, provide hydrogen uh, to industrial applications. And uh, why have you chosen the World Hydrogen Summit to attend? What is, what is your goal for this year? Well, the World Hydrogen Summit has, has quickly, over the, the few years, has come basically the, the hallmark uh, meeting point for, for the industry. And, and uh, I think not without reason, uh, Rotterdam is the, already the, an, an epicenter for hydrogen in, in Europe, uh, where the Netherlands is the, is the second largest consumer of hydrogen in Europe today already, and Germany the first. And in the future, all that hydrogen needs to be green. In the European context, uh, the blue hydrogen route doesn't seem to go anywhere after the, yeah, the, the, the situation in the Ukraine. Um, and all that hydrogen will, will pass through Rotterdam. So I think the existing hydrogen market is already big but in the future it will be a few times bigger and all of that will pass through Rotterdam so I think truly today but in the future Rotterdam is the place to be for hydrogen and this is where the conference is we, you got all the the value chain players here from um, component uh, developers to uh, to equipment manufacturers like ours developers of, of projects and and the end consumers so um, and then I would should, don't want to forget policy and, and, and regulators as well. So, so all of that is, is what I call the ecosystem that need to pull this one off together. There's no one party that can 
that can make this work on its own. Uh, you, you need all of them together. At the exhibition, I also ran into René Peters, energy expert at applied research organization TNO. They work together with industry and government on the energy transition. I'm wondering, what's his take back from the event this year? Yeah, until now, uh, well, what is very positive is that uh, the exhibition is very well uh, visited. So a lot of people, uh, a lot of uh, familiar people that we talk to regularly, but also a lot of international uh, people who want to learn about what's happening in the Netherlands, what TNO what is doing, but also in, in the whole value chain of hydrogen is happening uh, here because we are, I think, at the moment, today, I think we are the center of the world on hydrogen, right? Um, so that's very important. Uh, and the other thing is we're also organizing an, a separate uh, event on offshore hydrogen production. I think where the, the Dutch, the Netherlands is also leading. Uh, we have a lot of international visitors there. Uh, and that's also a big benefit of bringing a lot of international people together. You can organize site events which are very uh, valuable to, to discuss the developments uh, between different regions in the world and different countries. Yeah. And the offshore hydrogen production, can you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, offshore hydrogen production is something where the Netherlands is really already setting targets to connect uh, offshore wind power developments with offshore hydrogen production. And then the benefit of the Netherlands is that we can reuse part of our existing pipelines in the North Sea for hydrogen transport. And that enables a, a faster deployment of offshore wind because you don't have to develop all new cable infrastructure. You can also use pipelines partly existing, maybe also new in the future. Uh, and that's something where uh, the Dutch industry is very keen on, on developing and the government has set a target on a 500 megawatt offshore hydrogen plant in 2031. That's quite a, a short time, we all know, in offshore uh, terms. So uh, we really ha have to uh, uh, speed up our development uh, pace. And that's why we bring together uh, initiatives from uh, around Europe working on offshore hydrogen to set up uh, a, a fast development curve uh, on this technology. So let's now focus on the energy uh, stream through the port of Rotterdam and what you see here in the graph in the middle. Um, we estimated that we need roughly 20 million tons of hydrogen by 2050. And what you also can see in the picture is that we estimated uh, that we need at least 90% of that coming from import. This is Randolph Wetrix from the Port of Rotterdam Authority. During his speech at the summit, he spoke about the importance of hydrogen import for the port of Rotterdam and what he believes will be one of the main hydrogen carriers to do that. So if you now look to the import streams, we believe that it will come from all over the world in different carriers. In total, we have um, collaborations with projects with over 140 projects worldwide in uh, over uh, 20 countries. And one of those important criteria for us is that it not should only focus on the export, but should also focus on local development. Because social licensing in that sense is, of course, very important in order to make the project a success. Not only in the exporting countries, but also in the port of Rotterdam we do the same. And from all those projects that we currently have, we can conclude at the moment that uh, ammonia will be the main carrier towards 2030. Of course, we will also see liquid hydrogen and liquid hydrogen, hydrogen carriers in that phase. But ammonia is one of the key elements in order to import such amounts of, um, of, of hydrogen. And one of the simple reasons for that is that this technology is there on scale. And this is what we need, because the targets are very high. 
and the timeline is very ambitious. So we need technology that is there already and that we can implement for this, uh, for this new uh, energy stream. So it looks like ammonia will be one of the main hydrogen carriers for import. After Randolph's speech, I spoke to Gonzalo Moyano, CEO of MAE in Chile. MAE focuses on the production and export of green ammonia. He tells me more about the project. Yes, the project is a, a green ammonia production uh, project that has two phases uh, that will produce 300,000 tons uh, per year of uh, green ammonia, each of them and that aims to be online by uh, 2027 uh, with its first phase. It uh, includes uh, not only a domestic uh, supply, but also uh, production that will be exported to global markets. And how is the green ammonia being produced? So the, the green ammonia will be located at a plant uh, in Mejillones, which is a, a, a port city located in the north of Chile, uh, which has a robust infrastructure and it will uh, be supplied by solar energy from a project that will be also located in the Mejillones area, which is also uh, part of the broader uh, Atacama Desert region, which has the greatest solar irradiance in the world. And um, the green ammonia, when it's uh, being exported, do you already know where it's going to? So uh, we are currently engaged in conversations uh, with potential off-takers, uh, both in Europe but also Asia. Um, so we are looking to progress uh, those conversations and actually turning those conversations in uh, real contracts. So we're targeting to achieve that in the short term. When hydrogen is imported, for example in the form of ammonia, you need terminals to store it. At the exhibition floor I came across the stand for ACE Terminals, where I spoke to project director Egbert Vrije. ACE Terminals is a large-scale hydrogen import terminal based specifically on ammonia as the carrier. The terminal is a collaboration between multiple partners. Egbert elaborates. So the opportunity we have here is uh, uh, to, uh, to convert the um, classic business of, uh, of uh, uh, hydrocarbons into a new infrastructure for uh, uh, the energy commodity of the future, uh, hydrogen. And um, uh, the opportunity we have as partners is um, Available land with Keysight from, uh, from a partner Hess. Existing LNG tanks that can be repurposed for the storage of ammonia uh, by Gazuni. And the knowledge and know-how of uh, Vopak uh, operating already six storage, large-scale storage terminals around the world. And bringing in the know-how how to uh, uh, operate such a terminal in a safe and efficient manner. Ammonia is one of the, I think, four or five uh, alternative uh, forms of, um, of transport. And um, uh, with ammonia uh, being a current commodity uh, being traded, uh, uh, largely comparable to uh, 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 transporting, for instance, LPG. Uh, it has the same uh, uh, kind of temperature and um, uh, with an energy density that is uh, on, the, on the upper end, so to say, of the, of the uh, modalities at hand. We think there is a, a great opportunity um, with the commodity ammonia to, uh, to start kicking off the, uh, the import business of uh, hydrogen. And uh, for ammonia, of course, we have to use uh, crackers to crack it back into uh, hydrogen and uh, nitrogen. Um, is there already um, a land inside where you're going to build the cracker? 
Yeah, yeah. The, actually, what we see at uh, at the uh, opportunity uh, for Ace is uh, quayside availability of uh, over 700 meters of quayside, uh, existing tanks, and the uh, ability to expand with more tanks. And we have specifically looked at uh, the ability to um, uh, to place cracking facilities at that site as well. And we also uh, support the conclusion by the uh, fluor uh, uh, study done for the port of Rotterdam that uh, integrated uh, large-scale cracking with terminal services is the way to go. Yeah. And how much uh, ammonia on a year basis are we looking at? Well, it's, it's, a, it's a developing market. Eh? So um, uh, currently we're aiming at a starting phase uh, with two existing tanks that can be ramped up um, starting in 26, but ramping up to uh, a maximum of uh, probably a million tons of ammonia on a yearly basis. But for the uh, ambition that we have as an import terminal for hydrogen, uh, there the ambition is one million tons of hydrogen to be imported through the terminal of ACE. And therefore we need uh, more than seven and a half uh, million tons of ammonia being uh, put through the terminal on a yearly basis. On Thursday, May 11, the third day of the summit, we were all witness of a special moment. Dutch Minister for Economics and Climate, Mickey Adriaansens, and Saudi Energy Minister, Prince Abdulaziz bin Salman, signed a memorandum of understanding to collaborate on the development of green energy and hydrogen. Prince Abdulaziz bin Salman expressed that the Netherlands could be the main destinations for the transport of hydrogen derived from renewable energy sources from Saudi Arabia to Europe, saying Rotterdam would truly be our hub to Europe. At the end of the summit, I once again spoke to Randolf Weiterings which you heard during his speech earlier in this episode. I asked him what his main takeaway was from this year's summit. My takeaway is that we really started. So we see now that the plans are trans translating into basically concrete and real actions. Uh, executive level is here, but also the, the broader crowd is here. Um, I think that's good because we need to build a lot of equipment. And um, what we see is that more and more people are getting involved. And we need to get FIDs and construction. So it's good to see that on every level they are present. It's been it's been an absolutely amazing event. Uh, obviously, tripled the size from last year, and uh, yeah, the, the feedback's been amazing. And uh, the rebook from people wanting more stands and bigger space has been astronomical. So we we couldn't be happier. This is Chris Hugel, managing director at the Sustainable Energy Council. Together with him, I look back on this year's World Hydrogen Summit and Exhibition. 11,600 attendees, 1,850 delegates, 350 exhibition stands and 800 people on amazing site visits to the Port of Rotterdam. So uh, we look forward to trying to treble those again next year. <laughs> How are you looking forward to next year? What are, what are your expectations? Yeah, so I mean, yeah, we, we, we want to keep growing. Uh, we, we want to involve more countries. We had lots of country pavilions this year and uh, the work we do and obviously the involvement with the port, the city and the province has been absolutely amazing. And yeah, we couldn't ask for better partners from that perspective and uh, from the federal side, from the Dutch government as well. It's been, it's been an amazing, it's a big team effort. Thanks for listening to Hello Hydrogen. 
Take a look at portofrotterdam.com slash hydrogen for more information on all developments in the port and of course for more information about this podcast. For now, don't forget to subscribe and rate this podcast and we hope to see you next year in May 2024 for a brand new edition of the World Hydrogen Summit and Exhibition.